welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder, where we strive to grow in love of the Lord and each other. I am Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. And we're so happy to get to have these conversations and share them with you. We hope they bless you. But in the meantime, if they have blessed you, please like, share, um, or otherwise with a friend and invite them to join along and listen in. Yeah, do do what you do to get it out there. So, you know, what comes to mind right now is uh, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, we make a podcast, but we also listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of podcast topics have been intriguing you recently? I think you know the answer to this one. I recently started because listening to New Polity, which my daughter and her husband had told me about. And it's reimagining community life um, like cities and according to kind of Thomistic teaching, um, mm-hmm. a letter of St. Thomas Aquinas to St. Louis when he was forming a city. So I'm utterly fascinated by just the thought of like, okay, how did God really imagine our, our cities and municipalities to be ordered. And I find yeah. it very fascinating. It's interesting that you bring that up because there is this line in um, one of the Psalms. I forget which one it is, but um, it says, Jerusalem is a city of compact unity. And I remember like hearing that one time and thinking compact unity is not something that you would tend to think of as it relates to cities. Compact, yes. Sometimes you feel like you're, you know, squeezed in there. But compact unity implies that the closeness is actually a blessing that is brought, brings people together in a way that makes them work towards um, ordered communal purposes that they feel like they draw nearer to each other through the living together. And that is not something that we really experience. I mean, I live in a bigger city than you because unfortunately, I have to say, unfortunately, because I, you know, had to be ripped out of College Station <laughs> instead of uh, leaving willingly. But uh, um, I live, you know, in a suburb of Houston and the, and the city of Houston, you know, it it, it doesn't feel, well, it's certainly, actually, it's not compact because as you know, it's like the very largest land mass city in the country. So it's very spread out. But, uh, I don't also get a really super strong sense of uh, unity as well. Um, and, and I think mm-hmm. when you think about what what is going to create unity within a city, a community, a culture, generally it's, it's faith, shared faith, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this idea that now we can certainly work towards ecumenical type of existence where we can see the good in other faiths and, you know, try to come to common ground. Ideally, you know, things like Western civilization grew because Christianity was part of the absolute fabric of the culture. And there was such a um, clear commonality of Judeo-Christian ethic that allowed people to live together in a way that was more unified. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as we think about, okay, well, can we design a city or how do we do something that is going to make it, you know, healthier, holier to live in? 
it's going to be really hard, I think, in a, in a culture now where there's just such a divergence of right. Uh, belief. Right, right. And that's why I think you see some of those little communities um, popping up through. I know there's a couple in Texas now where they're like kind of a municipality where they're like compounds in a way mm-hmm. um, of Catholics wanting to live like minded. Right. With yeah. Churches close by that in homeschooling area and trying to to create a little a little hub of community. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The that? best it's, example it's that comes popular. Yeah, yeah. The best example that comes to mind for me though, it seems to have been, been very successful is Ave Maria in Florida mm. where they, it started around a university, which so often actually in Europe, the towns would start around. Yeah. Uh, and is that it that way in Steubenville as well? From what I understand? Well, you know, Steubenville, it's becoming, there's a area of that for what I understand, you know, that's associated with Franciscan University of Steubenville, but there's also a broader Steubenville, which my understanding from listening to another podcast, uh, Matt Frad's podcast, because he lives there and he talks about right. living in Steubenville. And, and there is this really strong, close-knit Catholic community, but then there's the broader Steubenville, which is more of a, you know, northeastern industrial city, which has a lot of issues with like, you know. You know, kind of blight and things like that. But uh, yes, before New Polity, I was definitely Matt Fried was at the top. Other yeah. than seasonal Aggie football, I confess. Still working <laughs> on that one. I'm getting better, though. Yeah. I'd say one podcast that I recently have uh, discovered. I tend to listen to, I do listen to a lot of Catholic related podcast stuff. I like to hear what other people are thinking and feeling about what's going on in the church because I don't want to. Um, just be really insular in the way I'm viewing things. And one that I've come across recently, it, it's, I think they've got about like 35 episodes. So not as old and, uh, you know, established as we are, <laughs> Pam, but uh, it's called Catholic Unscripted. And it's yeah, um, three that, individuals from uh, the UK. Uh, the only person that I can remember his name is Gavin Ashenden. And he's a convert from Anglicanism. But, uh, I think part of the reason I like listening to them is because I enjoy their accents. Uh, <laughs> but I do like to yeah. hear the perspective of Catholics in another country. Oh, for sure. Um, just to kind of get a sense of what they're seeing. And, and I will say that they kind of align with me uh, as far as recognizing that there's some serious issues in the church uh, that we're facing and that we need to talk about them. We need to be honest about them. Um, but we also need to have a measured way in which we speak that we're just not like spouting off all the time and just having all this negativity and, you know, whatever. So right. I, I like the tone uh, that they take. And so anyway, that's so, kind of. So we're not dwelling on a fallen nature, which leads us to. Right. Topic. Good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So last time Pam brought up uh, that she had been, has she had given a talk at our RCIA group uh, regarding creation before and after the fall. And so we decided that two episodes would be good. And so last time, if you haven't already listened to it, we talked about um, creation before the fall. And now we're going to focus on how we're trying to kind of be in this constant state of attempting to reintegrate um, after the destruction of the fall. That's actually right. So we kind of alluded to it a little bit in the last episode is how we are striving to live in harmony with God's will, Mm -hmm. which is what we're still doing. But the first thing, of course, we have to talk about, 
um, because after the fall or with original sin came concupiscence, mm-hmm. right? So concupiscence, of course, is our tendency towards sin. And oftentimes people can also look at it as, as when the humans lost their trust in God, mm-hmm. right? And so also we have to talk about free will, right? And God loved our free will so much. That he allowed the fall. That he allowed the fall, for, mm-hmm. of course. And so we should respect people. That's another thing about human dignity and respecting people's will. Um, it's a very important part of accompaniment, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, I remember I was actually journeying with a friend who was struggling in her marriage. And uh, there were a lot of controlling behaviors that were going on in, the, in her spouse. And, and I remember saying to her um, one time, if Christ or God respects our free will, then we certainly should be have free will as it relates to other human beings. And that anybody who tries to um, control you in a way that doesn't give honor and dignity to the fact that you have free will is, is disordered. And uh, we were in a public space when I said that. And it was funny because there was another woman in the, in the vicinity and heard me say that. I said it kind of, you know how I can get sometimes where I'm just like, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just convicted and passionate or whatever. And I said it and this, and some total stranger woman overheard me. She's like, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, you know, That's it was something wonderful. that resonated. And I think we all do feel that like, you know, whatever the circumstances are, whether it's in a marriage or um, a work situation or a parent child relationship or a friendship, when people try to control others, that's an issue that does not sit well with the spirit. Uh, and I think that's because, you know, God has really given that as the one thing that really is ours, mm-hmm. you know, like it's everything true. else is really owed to God, but our free will, our, our ability to choose God is ours alone. Our, alone. I know. And, I, and that's a really good point to, as a parent of adults that may not go to mass regularly and things like that, that it, that's helped me realize I did what I could. Mm-hmm. They're adults now. Right. And this is their free will. They're acting on their free will. Does it hurt my heart? Yes. Do I wish it was different? Yes. Do I pray for yeah. them? Absolutely. Right. And I guess because it's important to remember, like if if our desire is to live as much in the image and likeness of God as we can, God's not forcing anybody to go to church. Right. So if we're gonna live like God, then we can't be doing that either. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, I think one of the things that I really enjoy most, I know if that's some kind of odd thing to say, um, in the contemplation of, you know, after the fall and when sin entered in and want to bring a little hope in there too, you know, Mm -hmm. um, did God allow it? But is this journeying back towards God that that's Mm -hmm. the path we're now on? And I really want to focus on that journey back to God. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he allowed this to happen in human history, of course, his son was going to come and save us from all that to open up the gates of heaven again. But to think about what is it like to journey towards God after the fall, to deal with our own concupiscence. You know, that, mm-hmm. that main sin of Adam and Eve was that of pride. Right. Uh, they, they didn't mm-hmm. believe God when he said, just don't do it. You know, right. that yeah. disobedience. And so yeah, how can we be more obedient to mm-hmm. God now, that's where it starts, right. obedient to his word, 
Start with the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to just point out, like when you said they didn't believe God, the thing that they really didn't believe about God was that he was good. Because what, what did the enemy do? He got in there and he said, well, kind of like, well, God doesn't want you to have that because then you'd be like him and he doesn't want you to be like him, right? And so they it put into Eve's heart and then Eve shared that with her husband, this idea that he, God doesn't have our best interest in mind. That's the, that's the place of that trust, doubt, that, that, that doubt. Yeah. yeah. And so, so then the pride says, God doesn't have my best interest in mind. I know better for myself what is good. That's the source of all sin. In it the is. end, it all goes back it to is. that. I know better than God. Mm-hmm. And so I love how you, you actually phrase journeying back to God. Because sometimes, most of the time when we think about the journey towards God or, you know, it's, you think of it as this future thing, right? But as we're relating this to life before the fall, what we were actually created for, it's going back to the original intention of who we are, the original, exactly. who we were created to be. Exactly. Um, and to recapture something in a way is more profound even than going to something new. It's right there within you. You have it all within you. Right. You were made for it. And through sanctifying grace, he will bring you Mm. back to him. Okay. So sanctifying grace, why don't you give some people a definition of what that means? Because maybe that's not a phrase familiar to everybody. Okay. Sanctifying grace makes us pleasing to God. Charisms and special graces of the Holy Spirit are oriented to sanctifying grace and are intended for the common good of the church. God also acts through many actual graces to be distinguished from habitual grace, which is permanent in us. Okay. I also think of sanctifying grace to have an element of the supernatural grace that we are given for our salvation like the sanctification of our souls to making us holy, you know, whereas Mm -hmm. actual graces, I think of more as in a moment you're given the grace to do what is right. As opposed to, like you said, the habitual graces, which are those that continue to sanctify you and work. I didn't know I had any permanent habitual grace in me. (laughs) Well, you knew you were baptized, didn't you? (laughs) Yes. But (laughs) habitual, I don't know. Uh I'm pretty glad to hear about that. Well, there is one way though that we can, cut ourselves off okay. from grace, which sin, but in particular, mortal sin, mortal sin. And so that's really a thing that we always have to be aware of as we're trying mm-hmm. to continue to journey back toward God, journey right. back to that place of our original state of who God created us to yeah. be is that we will be absolutely hideously impeded on that journey. If we fall into mortal sin, basically the journey stops when you fall into mortal sin. So if you could, if you're thinking about it as like you're you're in a car, you're driving, you're on the road to God, whatever, and then you literally fall into a you know a 10-foot hole. Oh no, to you, me it's like turning around doing a U-turn saying I am not going that direction anymore. I'm turning around. I'm choosing okay. to turn around. All right, you can, yeah, no. So I guess yeah, in my mind I was just thinking like okay, so you see the hole you could make a choice to go around the hole, but you decide, nope, I am. I think I know the way. Okay. I don't care that it looks like there's this hole here or whatever. I'm going right in. <laughs> and then what happens? Like if you drive into a 10 foot hole, you're not moving forward anymore. Like your journey has ended there. Yeah, you need sure. to be drug out of that hole. 
Exactly. And the only thing that's drugging you out of that hole mm-hmm. is sacramental confession. Mm-hmm. So Amen. that's, I think that's an important element that we have to right. keep in mind here as we're talking about this reintegration, going back to God, being more and more of that self that we were right. created to be, that if there's any mortal sin on our souls, we yeah. need to be freed of it. Yes. And, and Megan, there's another um, topic within this one that I really want to bring up um, for this podcast. And I'm excited to talk to you about it. Um, uh, so after the fall, and we, here we have our concupiscence, like this is the state that you and I live in. And, and the thing to ponder for me is living with the discord within. Mm-hmm. We are learning to live with that discord. And hopefully... If we're really trying to order ourselves toward God, we are um, always trying to grow in those virtue, virtues to lessen the sin in our lives. Mm-hmm. But there's always that discord. And sometimes that can be so challenging and discouraging to to be fighting that inner self that sure. that's, has that tendency toward concupiscence. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know, There's sometimes I kind of, it, it's helped me over time to think of it in this perspective, because then I'm like, well, look, this is not something that I can overcome alone. Mm-hmm. I need God's grace and I need God's help. Right. And to the extent that he will allow me. Right. And while though I still have a very passionate desire to overcome my shortcomings, um, I know it's not all on me. And there's mm-hmm. a sense of peace there. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that's coming to mind as you're talking about that is, you know, we've talked before on shows where sin isn't just us seeking evil for the most part. Sin is us usually seeking a good in the wrong way. Mm. And so what can help us as we, if we really want to move towards God is to understand we see God as the ultimate good and to always hold that as our ordering principle so that when we're struggling to seek lesser goods, particularly in ways that aren't holy, Mm -hmm. that we remind ourselves what I really truly desire more than anything else is the greatest good, which is God himself. So when we can ask ourselves as we're discerning a choice is this going to bring me closer to God, the greatest good? Or is this just going to, you know, satisfy some urge, some desire for a lesser good in a way that's actually not even really going to fulfill it? Right. And so it helps with perspective to always be keeping that idea in mind. God is the greatest good. He is the greatest good. And anything that leads me away from him ultimately is not a good. Well, and I want to point out that as we're talking, you know, the the image I'm getting in my mind is, you know, of our personal lives and how we struggle with being better and growing Mm -hmm. in holiness. But I want to expand that because one of the ways we do that is through what? Spiritual friendships. Mm, For sure. It's through that kind of community. Mm -hmm. I am always edified being with Megan and talking with her and God is so present to me in her that it puffs me up. You know, it, it reminds me of my little spark within me mm-hmm. um, where God created me, but in our communities as well, because I find, and, and maybe 
you can speak to this too, but I find that when I feel, when I really think and feel that I am working to bring more people into God's kingdom to, for, for his love to be known by them, Mm -hmm. that is the heart of it for me of a, a kind of a, to be a disciple is to bring God's love to his people. And there are times where I feel like, Hey, it's, this is, this is happening. Yeah. We are bringing more people to God and even if a small way. Um, so I always, I want to include that the spiritual friendship aspect as mm-hmm. far as us living with the discord within, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is within, but when we are with one another, we are edifying one another because we're not objective, right? You and right. I have these conversations about, you know, our yeah. interior lives sure. and yeah. we each speak a truth into each mm-hmm. other yeah. because it gets into our mind. And so there's right. another key component of how God loves us. Yeah, that's so true because I think because of all the stuff that can get sort of warped and confused within ourselves, you know, particularly wounds that we've experienced and lies that the enemy has spoken to our lives because you know, as a result of um, our vulnerabilities because of those wounds, we often struggle to really see a vision of ourselves that is more the true vision, the the vision that God had of us when he created us. And I do think that a close spiritual friendship can really help call that person out. Absolutely. And, And that comes in two ways. I think it comes in the way of saying, with affirmations, with, oh my goodness, I see such beauty in you. I see such goodness yes. in you. I love you when you're doing that. I love when you yes. are being your authentic self. Right. It blesses me so much. It can be in that. And I think yeah. it's often in that. But then sometimes it's in the admonishment thing. You know, we talked about that. We were talking about spiritual friendship as well and, you know, early episodes where. Um, I even gave um, the quote that we should desire the admonishment of a friend more than a praise of a stranger because the admonishment of a friend is less like, what's your problem? You stink. No, it's really like, you're better than that. Mm-hmm. I see a disconnect between the glory of who you are in Christ and what you're up to right now or what you're thinking right now. Yes, and I yes. call you to hire because I love you, right? And we owe that to the people that we love. We yeah, owe that absolutely. To and to not speak out that way in itself could, could and probably is a sin. Yeah, it's a sin of omission, omission I would say. For sure. And the reality that, you know, the Lord created the human family. Mm-hmm. He created us mm-hmm. to be one. He prays, you know, you know me. I love to talk about John 7, chapter 17 when Jesus prays that all those who would come to believe in him would be one as the Father and Christ are one. So this idea that the Lord desires us as people to be in union with each other and that to the point where we consider the body of Christ, we talk about the body of Christ, that we are just, you know, units within one organism that is the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. But then we also talk about the church as the bride of Christ. We are members of the bride, right? They're not a whole bunch of, you know, millions and millions of brides running around. Christ is, has one bride. And so this idea of thinking of ourselves and our salvation and the way that we are going to journey towards God, it's not just a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, even though that's important and essential. Essential. It's a communal work to yes, grow yes. in unity in Christ, yes, right? Yes, ma'am. And so when I had my conversion, you know, 
I told you, uh, you know, I've told this story before about how I was listening to a podcast where uh, Scott Hahn was talking about his conversion on the journey home, like way back when. And he made a statement where he said, you know, I used to think as a Protestant that a personal relationship with Jesus Christ was like the be all and end all. But now as a Catholic, I'm like, why would you want to settle for just that? And what he's talking about is this reality that as beautiful and wonderful and intimate and glorious as the intimate friendship that we can have with Christ is, it just explodes when you see yourself not simply as a one person in relationship with Christ, but as part of a greater body Absolutely. where the love just flows right. between, right. you know, just like the triune God as exactly. we're meant to image that. So, yeah, it's just bringing more of his love to the world through mm. spiritual friendships and yeah. learning through each other. Cause you helped me figure out how to live with a discord within after the fall and yeah. remind me who I am in Christ. Yeah. So this is, this has been great. Right. And I do want to just point out that like after the fall, what immediately happens is the relationship of the two humans that exist at that point, Adam and Eve, immediately we see the rupture where it's, you know, the Lord says to Eve, you know, like he will, he will have dominion over you. You're talking about the man. He's going to like Lord over you basically, but your desire will still be for him. So there's this like this tension of, you know, there's going to be control, but there's going to be desire and it's going to be confusing. And, and, and there's just to set up this enmity between man and woman. And, but that I think then becomes the generational sin of humanity that it just passed on, that there's enmity within humanity, that what we were meant to be was this beautiful complementary unity among man and between man and women, woman, but also all of humanity. But this sin causes disruption and disintegration and division. And the farther and farther away we are from the Lord, the more and more that's going to be evident. And how evident is that today? So evident. Yeah. So if we want to, re we have that disintegration within ourselves that we're dealing with. And then the disintegration with our human family. And all the while the Lord is calling us home to him. Yes. To love. Yeah. Grow your love within yourself or the Lord. And his love will then go on to grow and burst out to all mm. those that you encounter. Yeah. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We hope that it blessed you. And again, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, share it if it did and um, give us show topic ideas if you've got them. And uh, we'll be thinking about what we're going to talk about next time. But until then, we hope you'll remain united with us in prayer. God bless. God bless. God bless.